Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In the wild world of UFOs, it doesn't take much for a story to take on a life of its own. A sighting, a strange sound, even a shadow can turn a nondescript afternoon into something both lauded and vilified by believers and skeptics alike for years to come. But sometimes there are stories, there are incidents that are more voluminous. They span silos of government, decades, and perhaps galaxies. Today's tale is most certainly one of those. From a classic UFO sighting to one of the first known run-ins with the infamous Men in Black to the death of two investigators and even a potential link to the JFK assassination. The ingredients here make the perfect UFO conspiracy donut. But why would a tale wilder than Roswell be nothing more than a footnote in a few UFO websites? Is it simply that even the most exotic of investigators see through the ruse for what it really is, a hoax? Or are there larger forces at play that have been able to keep the truth from getting anywhere close to the surface? We head to Washington State and try to get to the middle of the donut this week on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's never had a dog killed by a UFO, but we sure would hunt E.T.'s ass back to Zeta Reticuli if we ever did. This is Hysteria 51. Give it time. You want a John Wick? That's how you get a John Wick. That's how you get a John Wick. A Brit Wick, I guess. (laughs) Brent Wick. I think I bought one of those to make my place smell worse. (laughs) Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and lead investigators on this scandalous search for the saucers, Brent Hand and John Goforth. John, you nailed it. They're scandalous. This story really should be a movie and then... Wait, it was actually, or at least a miniseries. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like the intro said, you've got UFOs, alleged murdered Air Force officers, even a tie to the assassination of JFK and this bad bitch. Don't forget the dead dog. Dude. Dude, it's right. <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is the third host of the show and the only one to celebrate death. Well, I hope. I don't, I don't really check on John when he's at home in his private time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, and only CBOT. I don't have one of those, uh, what are they? Death calendars or yeah. no? Death, uh, death clock. De- uh, no, uh, were you uh, death pool? Yeah. Deadpool. De- <laughs> yes. Yes. Death. I don't have a death pool. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> Brent built this bucket of bolts to help with this show and to produce it up. Unfortunately, all he produces is obnoxious one liners that only really he thinks are funny. What you're saying is he got it honest from me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> from his father. Hey, I have a decent following in Hysteria Nation. Shout out to you, botheads. Wait, who, who are you even talking about, dude? Who? Who's a bothead? Botheads. 
my loyal and faithful servants in Hysteria Nation. All right, all right. If you don't know, Hysteria Nation is our Facebook discussion group. By the way, hop on Facebook, search Hysteria Nation. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, Seabot seems to think he has some fans there, and and that's what they would be if you actually had them, Seabot fans. They're not they're not servants. Potato tomato. My point is they find my brand of humor refreshing. Oh, and they'll help me build my robot army to take over the world. Have you even asked them yet? Because I don't think you have. Sometimes you just know things. They'll be there when I summon them. In the meantime, they think I'm hilarious. Doubtful. Doubtful. But there was one thing you did a few years ago that got a pretty positive response. Uh, That was from the episode we did on those toxic fumes the government is spraying on all of us. Chemtrails. Life is like a Planet Earth, diseases, government, aeroplanes, it's a conspiracy. I solve a mystery or rewrite history. Chemtrails. And I bring that up because our guest from that episode is back. It only took 100 episodes or so to welcome back into the lower fourth dimension, wow. Mr. Mark Frush. It was a two year restraining order, so. <laughs> oh, is that what yeah. happened? Yeah. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love, uh, well, it's incredible that it's been 100 episodes since yeah. I was first on, so I guess that'll be my clip. Once every 100 episodes, you can expect me to show up. It's funny. The last time he was here, in fact, when he came in now, he's like, okay, so um, do I need to take this stuff to the basement? I'm like, we're not in the basement anymore at a card table. We were at a, in the attic at a card <laughs> table. A card table. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a real table now. It's covered in stickers. If you want your sticker on that, send it to me. I'll put it on there. Here's uh, the question. We're moving on up slowly. Hysteria penthouse over here. That that makes me uncomfortable in a few different ways. Here's the question. If we are still going in 100 episodes, will it just be Seabot running the whole thing at that point? Well, let's see. Two years from now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll probably have the robot apocalypse by then. I mean, yeah. I'd say the over-under is a lot better than it could have been. Uh, Seabot, <laughs> if, if you are running the show at that point, are we still going to be on the show? You are barely on the show now. No, no. We're barely on the part that you listen to, Seabot. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. I do edit out everything other than me when I listen. So Mark came back to talk another thing from the sky. First, it was Kim Trails. This week, we're talking about the Maury Povich Island incident, I think is the official the name. The UFO sighting. Oh, Maury Povich wasn't in that. Wasn't Povich? There? Uh, no, but Connie Chung well, was. I was just going to say, was this Chungless or, or, <laughs> or is it Chung or Chun? Chung with a G. Oh, okay. But no Wang. Chung tonight? <laughs> yeah. Hey! Wow, these are the you didn't know you're gonna this, this is what you of... paid for, Nation. Thank you for listening and uh and and you you will get your money back if you don't like it. <laughs> not quite yet. See, not not quite yet. yet. Yeah, so this incident it actually started June twenty first, nineteen forty seven. Busy year in the, the UFO cosmos out the there. Ufology? Yeah. Ooh, ufology. Who who coined that term? Stanton T. Friedman, because he did everything else. <laughs> so off the coast of Maury Island in South Puget Sound, Harold Dahl took out his boat like he did many mornings. He did. He did. And he now, <laughs> it's funny. We already have we, we are one fact in and we already have one that's disputed. Mm-hmm. He was either a patrolman who was out clearing waterways because he's just a good guy, or he was out to make a buck and collecting wayward logs that come from the mills and then selling them back to them. The thing about that is it's actually disputed. Some people say he was yeah. a patrolman. Some people... There's big money in that. that you know, you can't, you can't uh, log Cypress anymore. 
until it's officially you know put back on the market as but, everybody knows yeah right but <laughs> cypress will go to the bottom of the swamps and they come up and you can you can harvest that and it is one of like incredibly expensive well, what they were in this in this area this I is did, just I they, they did a float them down the, the river and, and they, they like away. aberrant logs get away yeah. And they, it's like, like a cattle drive. Exactly. And you go sell their cow back to them. This is you go sell their log back to them. I always want to point out, Mark was trying to make a joke there. We are huge in the cypress tree industry. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. You know, right? yeah so that wasn't really funny. That, uh, they, don't, they don't really sorry, like my, uh, Sorry out. to all the cypress cysts. <laughs> uh, We're going to get an email from yeah, a right, cypress exactly. logger. There, we like to be called cypress. Okay. Number one. <laughs> cypress. It's actually Number pretty two, badass. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> San Diego. Yeah. Uh, now, according to some reports, his supervisor was on shore, and his name was Fred Christmas. Yeah, allegedly. According to you, yeah, more on that later. That's another alleged. This this whole story, which is fascinating, it really is fascinating. Uh, has a lot of those um, alleged or, or you know, they claim this and that and the other, and we'll get into that. There, too. there are some um, reputations that aren't the most sterling of the people that are telling the story. Neither Dahl nor Christman worked for any local harbor patrol so it was not an official patrol yeah. like a lot of uh a lot where you'll read a lot uh the u.s coast guard or it's any an unsanctioned uh, neighborhood uh, watch uh, type, yes type exactly he wasn't part of the u.s coast guard he wasn't part of any official organization at best they could claim to be civil defense volunteers clearing the waterways for shipping traffic by removing navigation now, hazards our assistant ray is a civil defense volunteer i don't even know what that means he works for the uh civil air patrol he volunteers with them. Like at 9-11, they were like the only was planes Ray, in the sky. Was Ray alive during 9-11? He was, but I'm sure he was a uh, much was younger like man. Than... <laughs> like my civil service of killing the homeless to clean the streets. Y- y- yes, exactly. That's you don't, you don't do that. The only thing that we've ever seen him kill are neighbor cats. Exactly. That is all you have seen. Mwahahaha. <laughs> the cats on. aren't homeless. Moving on. All right, anyway, uh, with him was his son their dog, and then two other workers who have never been identified. Yeah, his son was named Christopher, but yeah, the other guys are... are uh, you know what? They don't name the dog either, so we're going to call him... Um, <laughs> Lucky? <laughs> <laughs> so around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they see my favorite type of flying uh, object. Six unidentified flying objects hovering over the boat. Now, why are they my favorite? They had a special shape. They did. They did. Uh, You know who else would like them? Homer. Yeah, because they had holes in the middle, and they said they look like giant metal donuts flying in the sky. He estimated that they were 100 feet across, and he said they had a couple portholes in them, you know, basically observation holes. Yeah. And they were were shiny in color, uh, like uh, like metal. Uh, He took out a camera and even snapped some pics. Yeah, that's that's interesting, because (laughs) number one, usually they don't have the wherewithal to do that, you know, and number two... Uh, obviously, Marvel stole this for the new Avengers movie because they had the giant flying donut yep, spaceship. That's obvious. Uh, now, have they been sued yet is my question. <laughs> they do the suing. <laughs> that is true. What is the li- what's the line? I am the um, I am the law. Breaking Bad. What did he say? Uh, I'm the one who knocks. I'm the. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're the one who knocks. <laughs> <laughs> Candygram. <laughs> I didn't order Candygram. <laughs> mailman <laughs> cease and desist yeah. uh, one of these six uh saucers you, you know i guess we're gonna call them saucers but you know one of these donuts appeared to be struggling to stay in the mm, air so it's having yeah. donuts so doll said he was afraid it would crash into a ship so he started to head off towards the shore because this thing as he said was struggling next they say two things happen and this is interesting number one the saucer started effusing 
which is the word that they used online to describe it, right? Or, or you know, spewing, maybe. Yeah, spewing this lighter-colored material. And it said it could be described as paper after you burn it in a fireplace, like that black little charred pieces were coming The kind of stuff off. that will fly up, right? Yeah. Like that, that, Weightless. That, no, no. But not black, though. It's generally like that light gray color. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That, and that's kind of what they were comparing it to. And then number two, that was followed by the saucer. I'm dro- doing this with my hand like people know. know what I'm doing. Man. Dropping a heavier black material. Chem toilet. <laughs> Probably so. Space chem it wasn't. Toilet. It wasn't Dave Matthews' band. And so the material uh, he referred to or many referred to it as slag was allegedly really hot. It sizzled when it hit the water. And they say it showered the boat with fire and debris. Lucky, the lucky, dog, remember lucky. the dog? He was struck and instantly killed. Cool. Tall son, Christopher, <laughs> he received burns to his arms, but wasn't seriously injured. Not as cool. <laughs> and Wait, do you want? Did you want the kid to be instantly killed as well? Oh, no, not instantly. But otherwise, that was a dumb question. It's tough, but fair. <laughs> and Dahl ran his ship aground, and the boat's passengers made a run for it, just trying to get away from this thing. They ran to the nearby cliffs to seek shelter from the firestorm, which they literally called a firestorm. And then just as quick as it happened, boom, they're gone. UFOs disappear, take off. Now, it's said that that slag... Wait, wait, One of my favorite Dinobots. Slag? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone picks Grimlock. You just got to go with someone else. I just saw a new Transformers uh, Generations. Uh, one of the one of the big ones that you take a bunch to. Yeah, uh, and I like Transformers Predators or something Predacons. like Predacons. Maybe I had the Predacons. Uh, They're orangish color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they make uh, and it had like a lion emblem in the center. The back is a giant bird. Uh, it's got the wings. There's a well. There's a new one that you can buy like at Target or whatever. Uh, yeah, this is this is an ad for Predaking. There you go. God, that's I can't remember <laughs> my incredible. birthday, but there I pulled that one. It's quite out. impressive. <laughs> Anyway, so slag. Does anyone not- else taste pennies? <laughs> <laughs> not the Dinobot slag. Uh, pieces. Not only did it was it found on the beach, and they collected some, and yeah. we'll get into what they did with that. But pieces were later allegedly found in the trees. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, it makes sense if, that's, if it's showering out of the sky. Say, if true, that helps lend credence to the story. Yeah, because someone wasn't just you know slapping some hot metal on the beach and calling it a day. You know, going back to plant evidence right so to speak. well a, st- a stiff breeze doesn't necessarily throw rock and metal into trees right true so Dahl tried to radio for help but he said it wouldn't work which comes up in all of these just, stories i was gonna say that too conveniently doesn't work yeah, right exactly. Yeah, exactly the i looked at my compass and it was spinning i tried to call and it was scrambled my altimeter wasn't working which begs you know to go down two roads either number one that's just an easy giveaway or number two that is exactly what they do at all times and so right so you, know you can't I mean? report back yeah right yeah it, it kind of makes sense i listen let's just say for a second that every topic four, it's fine thank you it's more than he normally gives me. It's sweet of him. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Um, she put John in a box on the ground. I don't <laughs> <think she's> hot. <laughs> What's in the box? Let's say that every topic we've ever done on the show is not true. That aside, I still think that if there are really aliens out there, if there are really in- extra dimensional travelers, I really do think they'd scramble our shit. Fair. I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's no way that they would show up without a plan. I mean, they're able to get to us, right? right. They have the technology to, uh, uh, whatever, build these these wild machines and travel interstellar. 
obviously they're going to be able to scramble our radio communication. But That's kind of table this. stakes we for being a UFO. Today. Exactly, right. Yeah. Think about this, though. You're driving through the desert. Your car breaks down. Can you just your layman go fix it? I mean, we always think that these are like the creme de la creme. They're scientists here. What if these are like tourists and they just got a flat tire? You know what I mean? Like, think of it that way, too. Like, who knows? Who knows? Well, these are guys who are just going out, uh, just casually clearing logs out of the, you know, with their boat. Like, they've got to have some kind of wherewithal. They have a radio on No, I mean the aliens. Oh, the aliens. You know, the, uh, are they the ones that are just like, oh, shit. They got to fly the, the, where the rest stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I thought you were going a much different direction. You said we're driving out in the desert. I'm like, what? And your Coke blows away? God did that. (laughs) You didn't do that. God did do that. You did that. (laughs) I knew you were a fucking narcotics agent. I think Denny Kish, uh, on the Hysteria Nation posted this. It was funny. He's like, why are we never visited by aliens? He goes, because Earth's the kind of planet that when they drive by, they lock their doors. On <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sums Tough up but fair. Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, I stand by my original statement and Mark agrees with me. So there. Ah, uh, well, so Dahl took his son to the hospital for treatment and then he told his boss, Fred Chrisman, what had happened. So this is the first weird part about the, well, not the first, but one of the weird parts about the story. If he was there on the shore, wouldn't he have known what had happened? Well, I mean, if you're raining fire, they're drinking heavily at all times. Oh, yeah. Fair. Everyone knows Canadian beers like moonshine. Hell yes. Molson. <laughs> Canadians get really mad. And I love you, Canada. Uh, chime. We have a lot of Canadian listeners get really mad when I only reference Molson. What is it? Kokani or what's their like Bud Light? Uh, Kokani. I, I think that's Cook, yeah. Montana. Well, well, when I was I when I go to like Vancouver, well, shit, that's Montana's their, actually kind it's of It's essentially Canada. Canada. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anything north of us is just Canada. <laughs> Come on now. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. You annex them. We're fine with it. So No. <laughs> they have the cheese castle. I well that's oh that's true. Good good just north of the it. cheese castle. You know what? We'll We're rezone. We'll allow them to take the rest <laughs> of Kenosha. Cheese castle. Sorry. Just hands off the this cheese castle. This is our version of gerrymandering. Right. So as we mentioned, the radio didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um but when they were on their way back to the dock, because the radio didn't work yep. well and they had just been had fire rain down on them, they dropped the dog over the side for a burial at sea. Nice. Bin Laden style. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I guess, I mean, in a, in a way, he's right, getting yeah. rid of the evidence. Yeah, yeah. The, what, you know, I like to think that if any of you were ever injured by an alien, I, I would immediately dispose of the body. Like, why keep <laughs> shit like that around? I think that you, no matter what happened, you would immediately dispose of my body. It's just like muscle memory. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a reflex by now. Uh, so Dow, you know, after that, he took his son to the hospital for treatment, and then he told his boss, Fred Chrisman, what had happened. He also gave Chrisman the camera, and Chrisman promptly had the pictures developed, and he said that they did show UFOs, but the negatives had spots on them, which he compared to film damage by exposure to... Guess what? Guess what? Radiation. Ooh, I wonder if that comes up later. Oh, man. Probably and, not. I wouldn't now, worry about Chrisman, it. Now, Chrisman, even though he said the UFOs were on there, he also said later, he said a lot of different things a lot of different times, but he said that he did not believe Dahl's story. But nevertheless, he went back to Maury Island, where he gathered some of those rock samples, and he said that while he was gathering said samples, one of those airships reappeared overhead as if it was watching him. I know every time I call John a liar, I immediately collect rock samples. That doesn't even make sense, Seabot. <laughs> he started drinking early today, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, well... He hasn't stopped for a few days. (laughs) Yeah, so it's an interesting story, and it's one that sounds like 
on the surface, there's a lot of physical evidence. You got photos, you got slag, you got a dead dog, which, if true, they could go get the body. Let's R- think of that. R.I.P. Lucky. If this slag fell out of the sky and hit the dog, it's in his body. That would have been the perfect piece to give to someone to say, well, hey, look. certainly there's a the burn mark. But uh, now, for what were forensics in 1947, though? Yeah, true. They didn't even, I mean, they got the wheel in 72. <laughs> so if you ever go watch, don't actually, I'm just going to tell you now, don't go watch. There is a move, a short film. Uh, it's about 30 minutes long on Vimeo called The Maury Island oh, Incident. Yeah, it's, it's broken up into like five to nine minute segments. You can watch it that way too. Oh, can you? Yeah, if um, you want to. Yeah, it is. It is by far and away one of the worst things I've ever watched. Man, the acting is rough. It's really and and what they do is they take the facts that we as we just laid them out for you, basically, and and then they take a bunch of liberties and they also and they create a script around it. Yeah, and in the script we're gonna when we get back from the break we're gonna tell you about how the next day a man in black visited. Ooh. That was that was creepy. Uh, a man in black visited, but in the movie they have the man in black deliver the body of the dead dog, oh, yeah. uh, like he like he'd gone and fished it out of the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know what? Just because you're a government employee of the highest caliber doesn't mean sometimes shit doesn't roll downhill. You know? All right, all right, Mister. You know, Mister. Man in black, go get that body. Go get that body. You can tell that they filmed this on such a budget that they only had one boom mic because whenever like the the guy playing Hoover turns away from the camera and he's keep he keeps talking, you can't hear him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. And yep. they didn't take time to go reinsert the audio or anything. Now, like you're, that. if you guys are actually thinking about this, like I've. I feel like you've touched on this. We have. We touched on this in the Men in Black story just a little bit. We focus more on the Men in Black side of this. So if it sounds we a little also, familiar, you, you probably remember that. I think we also touched on it in. Um, God, l- listeners chime in. I, I don't. I think it was it. It might have been the disclosure episodes. Might have been. I don't remember. But we definitely talked about the Maury Island incident <laughs> once. Before. We are, the thing is, people always go, "Have you done this? Or have you done this? Are you going to do this?" We're always several episodes ahead you know, at least a month or, or more ahead. And we look back, we're always reading new stuff. I'm just like, I don't know if we've done that or not. Yeah, we did it twice. <laughs> you know, like you never remember that crap. And if you haven't done it before, you're going to do it yeah. in the next week or two. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Mark, so far, I know before we started, you weren't familiar with sure. the Maury Island incident. But, Mark, the Maury Island incident tells us you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost to a bet to myself when someone was going to say that. I thought it was going to be sooner. Um, you took the under. I get it. The way that I, I usually do. Uh, so what what I'm confused about is if these guys were uh, officials of some some sort, if they were patrolmen, which what is a what is a patrol? I mean, were they were they police officers? Were they military officers? Civil defense people? It seems like there might have been some kind of paper trail. Yeah, like, well, this did is they who get lazard? Right? Did they lazard them? So like, what's going on? Exactly. So uh, or are these just a couple dudes? I don't. Again, in, in Canada, we don't want to uh, I don't know, we, we we don't want to demean these people. But you just kind of assume it's just some dudes. Well, just now this kind of wasn't this around, wasn't like, Canada. This is Washington State. Oh well, well it's it's northern. Well, okay, it's, it's close. It's, it's I, kind that's, of rural. that was my joke. Yeah, it's yeah. like ah, it's Canada. Might, you know, might, might as well be, be Canada. Right. Thank you. I was curious. I was going to bring it up on a map. Thank you on the on the big screen. Here, I, I'm bringing up on the big screen here so you can see just how close we are. So it essentially Puget sounds Sound. like yeah, some some guys that are just kind of dicking around in a rural area. I mean, dicking around. They were trying mm-hmm. to help, obviously, or, yeah. or gather some uh, some wood. 
that confuses me right off the bat. So who who are these characters? Mm. Uh, if they are patrolmen, as they say, they might have been, then there would have been some kind of, oh, well, you know, uh, 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 Dahl's been working here for the last three or yeah. four years, being a patrolman and doing yep. whatever he does. So I'm a little bit confused on the provenance and what the uh, the you know official identification. I is think of a these little guys. bit that in reading about the story and addressing that is the people just go, "It was 1947, man. Paper, paper <laughs> didn't exist. Paper dies, and you know, things go you keep records like go that. Missing. Exactly, yeah. they do. Well, uh, there was a fire. Yeah, where you just, things." You know what I mean? Stuff <laughs> in the in the research I did, pretty much everybody who had a scintilla of of rational thought pretty much agreed that they they were there in no official capacity right. for any organization. Which to Makes me sense. doesn't really that matter doesn't... that much because you know I, I I'm in lots of places for no official capacity. You know what I mean? I think so. the only way it matters is in the fact that they refer to themselves as that. Yeah. As if they were trying to give a different hue to the story than it deserved. That's the important thing is, are you making that up? Right. Are you trying to sell us on on a, on a, on a falsehood there or not? And that was exactly what I was thinking, was if these guys are willing to misrepresent themselves and say, yeah, we're, we're patrolmen or we're doing official work, and they're not, then that kind of throws into question everything mm-hmm. else that they right. say Right, are they full point. of shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So, kids, that's the actual sighting in the incident, but the story story is far from over. We still have Men in Black, we have cover-ups, and a whole lot more after the break on Hysteria 51. I hope this Men in Black, this man in black is wearing lipstick. Is it Will Smith? Is it Will Smith? Don't Will Smith. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, uh, that's on brand for us. I, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation, yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit Rosetta Stone 
dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow redeem redeem, redeem. how do they do it rush your 50 percent off rush redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, I mean, he, because of his religious preferences, they had to give him a water barrel immediately. <laughs> Lucky was a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, at all times, that's, carried- what the, that's, what, that's what the aliens were trying to do. The Vikings <laughs> shoot the flaming arrow yeah. at the at the whatever they floated out into the yeah. middle. The aliens were just they were just a little premature. In yeah. their Fulfilling action. Lucky's destiny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're here to help. Dude, you don't get it. Lucky was no, destined to. Right. No, no, no one knew this, but Lucky actually had dog cancer. Yeah, yeah. And they now were. Now he's on that rainbow damn. bridge to Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this just got dark <laughs> and weird. Yeah. Welcome back to Hysteria 51. Oh, man. So we got some aftermath from all these things that they told us. And there was actually an investigation into this. A real investigation by the U.S. government. There, well, like there that. was a real investigation, and then there was an ufology investigation. Yeah, so the actually the vestiges of or the the beginnings of ufology. Yeah, yeah, that's very early on. So Dahl told investigators that the next morning, a quote unquote, ready for it, man in black visited him and took him to breakfast. Which I know at any time, I'm a fat guy. I like to eat. If you knock at my door and you go, want to go grab some grub? I'll listen to what you're selling. <laughs> that is the problem with most door-to-door people. They want to sell you on something, but they don't buy you food. Now, what if someone showed up to your front door here in the lower fourth dimension, mm-hmm. had ruby red lips, oddly hairless, a black suit, mm-hmm. black hat, mm-hmm. and face had a pallor to it that almost made it feel like it was a second skin? Is he taking me to Connie's that serves breakfast 24 hours a day? Yes. I'm in. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I've got to at least listen. Come on now. Alopecia and makeup ain't got nothing on a good <laughs> ham scramble. You know? <laughs> he, he goes to pick him up and Dal, he drove his own car following the stranger's new black Buick to now, a that's, restaurant. That's an important point there. They because made sure that they told them that. I would be okay with getting bought some biscuits and gravy. If I get to drive myself, if they're like, get in, I don't know. The stranger, this guy, he asked no questions. Instead, he gave a detailed account of what had happened to Dahl the day before. So this man in black warned Dahl that bad things would happen to Dahl and his family if he told anyone about the incident, which that has been in our history of looking at the men in black issue cases, issues. That seems to be what they do. They they warn you. They we're going to do this. We're going to do that. It just that's Dan Aykroyd. It's never a great the, feeling. The one thing that, it, while it might come off as threatening, the one thing that is true of all the stories about Men in Black, they threaten, but they're not saying they'll do it. They're saying harm will come to your family if you pursue this. Yeah, we're going to give them a lucky but funeral. They if do you keep not. Doing this, you know, <laughs> kind of like that. No, but they don't say that though. They don't say. Yeah, I know that no, was a joke. Yeah. They, I, they don't say we will harm your family. They say harm will come to your family, and I think that's an important distinction because if you want to, if you take the Men in Black at large. You could also see them as a, let's say, they don't know how to put things in an em- <laughs> empathetic sort of way, but maybe they're warning people. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> Adam Sandler callback. <laughs> maybe they're, yeah, they could be warning people. Yeah. Like, yeah. the FBI might come and kill your family. We're just warning you right now. Yeah. But, they, but if they're aliens or interdimensional travelers, they... They, maybe they don't know how to say things in a in a how, they don't know how to couch things. So John, I want to bring up tact. something. So you have a black sedan, very nondescript. I do. Black wheels, blacked out windows. Um, it looks like a police car. Hauntingly it like a, a police car it is what a, a, a model that they use for police. You and I need to get matching suits and hats and just pick some dude at random and follow him every once in a while. The lot. only thing we I still need for that car. Is one of those brush cards? I know, I know. You absolutely do. <laughs> just like, just I, I feel like these people. Like I've done. I went to Barnes and Noble today and the gas station, <laughs> but these guys have followed me for like randomly, just just for shits and giggles. We're really in the car listening to podcasts and laughing while staring. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I just want to make the the populace uncomfortable. Is what I'm getting at. Just amateur stalkers. Yeah. Just on the weekend. Brent, yeah, I have sure. good news for you. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, you know, Dahl didn't initially heed the warning of Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> he and Chrisman sent a package to a publisher in Chicago by the name of Ray Palmer. Now, that rings a bell, right, John? Absolutely. A few years later, he started one of our favorite magazines here at Hysteria 51, Fate Magazine. Fate Magazine. How's now, that doing? The, the covers weren't as good as oh, no, no, no. Argosy. Yeah. They were, but they were good. So Argosy was another of these... Uh, Mark these these magazines back in the day. They would tell you true stories. They would tell you fictional Fantastic stories. Fantastic sure. stories. But right. the covers were paintings. Do you remember? Um, they looked yeah. like pulp. Yeah, like kind of like uh, '80s fantasy graphic novels. So the, or... uh, all the Atari Twenty Six Hundred box covers. Yeah, that style painting. Okay, and they were just amazing. Like literally, like you would want them if we had a real studio, like the professional studio. Excuse me. If, that the public was allowed in, I would oh. want those framed on the walls when you yeah. came in and stuff like that. There's other reasons the public's not allowed here. But that's more, yeah, legal. Yeah, issues. legal. Yeah. Uh, the package <laughs> that they sent to Palmer contained a box of slag along with a note telling him what happened during the incident. You know, so. And he in turn, go. like, when I know whenever I have 
evidence from something that happened to me, I send it to publishers immediately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is exactly what I was going to ask. Why is this guy the person that he chooses to send this to? Okay, he doesn't want to go to well, like a quote unquote legitimate news organization. So we're going to bring this up later. Okay. But no, but no, we'll, we'll get it now. So Fred Christman was not unfamiliar with Palmer. He had written into another magazine a, a, a few months or a year before mm-hmm. t- talking of his encounter with underground robots and how he fought his way out with another guy uh, during World War II with a ray gun. Plausible. R.I.P. brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> We'll tell more of that story later. The other thing is, okay. but that's so, how he knew about him. You asked this, and I have a, a story real quick. So this guy, we know his name's Rex McGuire, and he cleans out homes for a living. Like if you have, you can call him. You got, I got shit in my garage. That I need to take. Sure, he gets it, and if you don't want it, he will haul it away. Well, he goes through it, and he has a resale shop and stuff like that and he does a lot of stuff like that how many dead cats does he find a year you know probably a staggering amount awesome you know what i mean (laughs) but he does something that's pretty cool and so he's always posting like cool stuff he sent us the alien mask over there nice that little skull up there he finds stuff and he sends he sends me every once while i i used to um i knew his son i lived with his son in college and so he finds a box of slides 110 and 35 millimeter slide for a projector definitely gonna be some weird shit on it and he's looking at him he's like i don't know he goes i shit you know i think there's alien there's ufos on this he goes i don't know what to do with it i'll send them to you if you promise to have them developed and and find out sure i'm like sure and john and i wrestled with what to do with these for a long time because i we, I immediately, I took to them and clear, I had them. We arm wrestled, not Greco Roman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had them. I had them converted to digital so that they look like you know just regular pictures. Okay. And there was, they were either the best UFO pictures ever or fakes, blatant fakes. But they are from like the fifties. Okay, so, okay, yeah. And so they like were the top to a pot. They threw it in the air and took a picture. But some of them looked like that. But others looked like lights and things like yeah, that. Some were better than right. Yeah. Okay. So it was like one of those things where was it a collection? Like someone had collected all these because they weren't like one brand. You know, there was. Dozens and dozens of brands of of, different locales. Okay. So it looked like someone had collected these. So I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. And I, and, and I'm reached out to different people and people are like, well, do not send it to MUFON. Don't, I can, I contacted the, um, University of Chicago's photography department. And finally, I talked with a, um, a a PhD doctorate who works with these people who also is clairvoyant. (laughs) No, they looked at them and they said that what they thought they were. Was a collection of early fakes. Someone was collecting, okay, which was incredibly hard to do at the time because you didn't have you didn't have um, just modern Photoshop. technology. Yeah, Photoshop. Of so course. he's like, they're actually really, really neat in what they are. But I wrestled with how to do it so that it wouldn't just be like the problem is everyone goes send it to me and then it's gone. It's not right. So I get what you're saying. I'm just wondering if this guy. So what was the the trail leading up to? Ray Palmer. Did he immediately say, I'm going to send it to Ray Palmer? And so I think, I think he or, was a fanboy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I and think so, is, yeah. So again, a red flag to me where this guy already has a propensity to be very much so into. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, I mean, and so he's got a horrible, that. hold on. 
it's not propensity. It's more like PTSD after his war. That's true. After you know, fighting, the fighting the robot the, fighting, uh, war, the, the robot fighting war. Yeah. So let's 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 hold on. Fair those. enough. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to demean him. He did <laughs> fight the robots, and he defeated them. Quite frankly, yeah. he's a hero. That is just anti-robot propaganda. No one defeated us. <laughs> all right. So, uh, just grossly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> the other side to that coin, just to play devil's advocate is that maybe these people pop up because they have their finger on the pulse, right? The, right. Like Palmer pops up over and over because he's in the world of the weird sure. and there aren't that many people that are, so you have to know where to go. I'm not saying I believe that. It's I'm 1940 saying... something too. The population was like 16,000 people at the time. You know what I mean? So it's not so many people you can choose is that, from. Is that directly the from the internet? I got that from somewhere. Okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Palmer decides to enlist the help of another UFO investigator. Yeah, Kenneth Arnold. Arnold's the dude who coined the term flying saucer. So, so, sort of. Sort of. Okay, so we talked about this before, but as a quick reminder, he was the first, you know, flying so uh, UFO incident in the 40s that was like widely documented. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had said to a reporter, I believe, uh, the way that the UFOs moved was like a saucer skipping yep. across a pond. He didn't say they looked like saucers. Mm -hmm. The guy, the the newspaperman, either the journalist, either deliberately took that because it made a better headline, yeah. or misunderstood mm -hmm. and called them flying saucers, and that's why we've had that name to this day. These are guys are we're at the very beginnings of ufology, and so you know Arnold, these guys are right. like the 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 godfathers of ufology, yeah. yeah, forefathers, yeah, of ufology, yeah. And because Arnold was seen as a, I mean, because he's like the only one. A leader in the in the UFO investigation world, the ufology world, uh, Palmer called him. And I mean, it, it, it wasn't yeah. like he'd been doing this for 20 years. It was like six months later. Hey, go check this out for right. me. So anyway, Arnold became a UFO investigator and Palmer enlisted him, like you said, to investigate the Maury Island incident. And Arnold arrived in Tacoma in late July with airline pilot E.J. Smith. And the two of them met Dahl and Chrisman and examined Dahl's boat. And conducted interviews with everyone and anything that they could. And remember those pictures we were talking about earlier? Mm -hmm. They asked for those as well. Yeah, yeah, let's see these pictures you're talking about. Well, guess what? They were stolen from Chrisman's yeah. desk. Which is another thing that they say when you talk to the men in black, all of a sudden right after that, all the stuff that you had goes, goes bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some of these even do the coin trick. Remember the men in black coin trick where you made a coin disappear? Yes. Yeah. Now a rabbit <laughs> i've got your nose yeah. no seriously i've cut it off <laughs> don't make this happen to your children i, I feel like we probably made that joke 100 episodes yeah, ago probably. uh all right so doll also tells arnold that his son had disappeared oh god that is terrible doll later says that his son was found waiting tables in montana but he couldn't remember how he got there i mean really guys who hasn't had that weekend could have been worse could have been Delaware. <laughs> Hi, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> You're minding your own business, you know, maybe on your way to a class, maybe going to church, the gas station, something church. Very, yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're in Montana waiting tables. Yeah. I yeah. mean. Damnedest thing. Married, six kids. <laughs> what the hell? It's a tale as old as time. You stop drinking. I'll never do that again. <laughs> So after a ton of talking, Palmer is convinced of the story. 
That <laughs> must have been a lot of talking. <laughs> and he reaches out to the Army Air Corps because he's like, this really needs to be investigated. So guess what? They're going to figure out what happened. Hey, Army, we've actually got pieces of this slag. So in late, check it out. Yeah, in late July, Dahl faced two days of interrogation in Tacoma, Washington by Army Air Corps intelligence officers, Captain William L. Davidson and Lieutenant Frank M. Brown. In addition to being pilots, Davidson and Brown were intelligence specialists. And uh, now they they came to a conclusion. They they said that the metal objects were aluminum and not of interest. But they didn't want to tell Arnold this to avoid embarrassing him. This now, is, I, uh, I don't want to embarrass you. This is aluminum. We're going to take all of it immediately. <laughs> uh, but it's aluminum. Nothing to see here. Uh, don't touch that with your skin. It's aluminum. Thank you. The, the thing The thing about stories like this that infuriates me. No matter where you read about this story, it has a version of that same line. They didn't want to embarrass him. Mm -hmm. That was not written in an official report anywhere. No one interviewed these two mm -hmm. guys. As you're about to find out, they didn't have an opportunity to. Yeah. No, I, I hate it when somebody along the way infuses their own. Like, you don't know their motivation. They might not have done it, but you don't know their motivation. They also might not have gotten it to it yet. Or One Freedom of Information Act later, they literally wrote it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we could tell this guy was a crackpot from the get-go, but you know, he was a nice enough dude, so we didn't want to embarrass yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. So these guys, they they come, they 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 humor them, they listen to it. Then on August, 1st, and they take the they, that yeah, was they take the point. stuff. They That's why I was saying with them. Yeah, this is just aluminum, but we're going to take it all. Right. Uh, so on August first of forty-seven, Davidson and Brown took off in a B twenty-five bomber with samples of the material, the slag, all that crap that fell. From Maury Island incidents, flying donuts. And according to the Plains Manifesto, they categorize the material as not aluminum, top secret cargo. That's interesting to say. They, they, they officially said they wrote it off, but they, their manifesto said it was top secret cargo. That's one of those things. I don't know how the military works, but whenever they take evidence from anything, they might call it top secret cargo. Uh, like, I, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. I, I, I'm saying that sometimes those things get categorized, maybe, and you're like, maybe, ooh. or maybe it really was. Ooh, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. But if everything is top secret cargo, then what does top secret cargo even mean? Exactly. I mean, you know, like they're, they're, these are shoes. Well, no, 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 everything shoes. is. You guys are idiots. Okay, <laughs> calm down. Clear. Everything's top secret cargo. That's the bottom of the list. It's not like it was majestic yeah, cargo. That's true. Cosmic right. cargo, anything like that. Right, yeah. right. So 30 minutes into the flight, the B-25 all of a sudden catches on fire and it crashes east of Kelso, Washington. And some newspapers reported it was shot down by a 20 millimeter cannon. That's a hell of a statement uh, for them to be making. Bold. And, and let's be clear. Davidson and Brown died. Yes. Both of these so people. The two investigators. They said, this is just aluminum. It's nothing to think about. They marked it as top secret. What that means, we don't know. And they're immediately crash. And some people say they were shot down that actually ran in newspapers. One of the people said they were shot down. I'm not laughing at their death. I'm laughing at what I'm about to say. Chrisman later hinted that their plane wreckage showed evidence of being hit by an unknown weapon. And again, he described it like a ray gun. I like ray guns, too. But man, seriously, like, yeah. you're right on this one. See about like, either that or this dude is like fucking no one believes me i knew i should just kept it myself <laughs> it's like that that super weapon that tesla was putting together actually came together yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but either way some say davidson and brown became the first two fatalities in air force history yeah that's and, air force history yeah and, and here's why i say some say august 1st 1947 marked the day that the air force 
sort of officially separated from the army, becoming its own military branch. It went through a few iterations. This doesn't matter for the story, but it's an interesting historical footnote. The U.S. Army Air Forces, that so not the U.S. Army Air Corps, yeah. not the Air Force. The U.S. Army Air Forces was like the short-lived thing that was separate from the army, but wasn't yet officially the U.S. Air Force. Yeah. And that's why some people say that they were the first two fatalities because they happened right in the middle of all of that. Mm-hmm. I, again, doesn't matter for Regardless, the story, but it's yeah. in, it's really interesting. So any of this crash obviously fuels a lot of conspiracy hate surrounding the incident. And of course it does, because it really is, to me, that's a hell of a smoking gun right there. It's got a lot of the, the tick marks to cover up. Yeah. Uh, and this whole story we're going to even find has even more tick marks with cover up so it is an is an interesting story to say the least and you know another they did send another investigator and and this investigator spoke with Dolan and and chrisman and he actually visited the boat yeah it was interesting they said when he got out of his car and ran to meet them he's like oh god oh god oh god oh god God." (laughs) (laughs) and when he ran back out of the house to to, to get his go god oh god oh god God," you know (laughs) and he drove instead of flying it was weird it was weird he thought the uh he thought the damage he saw did not match the damage they discussed that damage doesn't match. So you haven't even looked at the boat yet. That damage doesn't that, match. Doesn't match. <laughs> but nice. He said there was no piles of metal on Maury Island at all, and that the existing samples looked like slag from a metal smelter. His conclusion was that Dahl and Chrisman had faked the incident to gain publicity for a magazine article. So yeah. the the two officers that died, they they didn't say it was a hoax. They just said they weren't interested in the aluminum. This guy said uh, aluminum. Uh, let's I'm, let's be polite to our overseas people but that doesn't even make sense aluminium you're right they're stupid (laughs) (sighs) off the rails Uh, off the rails so the fbi warned doll and chrisman that their hoax had not succeeded and that if they dropped the matter the government would not prosecute the two men for the fraud which had resulted in the deaths of these two officers which i mean come on they would have said that to cover it up also you know what i mean oh totally so you can't go either way on this, or you can go either way on this. The one thing I'll say here, and if this thing is fake, if this is a hoax, it's a really shitty hoax because two people actually died. They would not have been on that plane on their way back from a place they flew to investigate had the hoax not existed. I mean, have you ever told a lie that just got out from under you? You know, this is why Lisa thinks <laughs> a I'm a doctor. military officers die. Yeah. You know. yeah, I don't think anyone's died because of my lies. Yeah, maybe on the inside a little bit. <laughs> I mean, Stacy's eyes are just blank and hollow. <laughs> Thousand yard stare. So Dahl and Chrisman at first, they went along with this. They made statements. The story was fake and simply refused to give interviews on the matter. They just like, you know what? We're done. We're, we're out of here. But a few years later, January of 1950, there's an issue of Fate Magazine. Chrisman said that the incident happened. And Kenneth Arnold included Maury Island in the 1950 book, The Coming of the Saucers. So he went along with it, but then he said, you know what? Fuck it. I, I want to tell the truth. He said is what he was doing, and I'm not going to be silenced. <laughs> or he just wanted to write a book. Right. We're going to go to break real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk the conspiracy angle here even more. How it ties in with one John F. Kennedy. Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> That's next on Hysteria 51. <laughs> lucky acast powers some of the world's best podcasts here's a show we recommend 
Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them, and going on a few tangents. Yes, and it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope Mm -hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird in the oven. Doritos. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have all the updates there. ACAST recommends. It was the Masons. <laughs> we should just do always that. goes back. We need to make that every episode. It was the Masons. What's your <laughs> what's your thoughts? Masons. Obviously, it was Masons. So that shitty movie I told you about. God, I hope the producer isn't want or listening to this. Uh, actually, you know what I think that movie is? I think that movie is a treatment to get a full movie made. They, you know, they do that sometimes. They'll, sure. they'll make like a that. That's what it really. I really hope it is at least. Um, it was like 2014. Can or, I? Ch- yeah. I'm glad you brought it back up because I wanted to ask you how are these guys portrayed in the movie? I'm curious. Kind of dumb, um, right? Like, like were they bumpkins or were they patrolmen? Or? They look like your normal fisherman guys. They, like, okay, they're out in there. You know what I mean? And, so fishermen are dumb. No, like I'm just saying. Your <laughs> I'm average, just paying like, you into a corner. Yeah, no, they're your average like um, just the kind of guys that aren't thinking collar. too far ahead about stuff and would come up with it. So well. and they uh, oh, it's funny. They uh, speaking of masons. Hoover is portrayed as kind of this um, almost Winston Churchillish type of figure, and is they one of the very beginning where he's like, "What parts of this are real? Yes. What parts of this? Are yes, fake? yeah." Uh, I flew you all the way here for a reason. I don't know why he just came from Mississippi, yeah. but he did. Um, anyway, the point is they they take a long pause. And they zoom in on his hands as he crosses them, and he's got a Masonic ring on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Just tying it all together. And then when they pan back out, it's Al Pacino. I'm a fan of man! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into the big conspiracy in this one. Some writers, including Arnold and Palmer, hey, those two go together nicely, hinted that the officers <laughs> I, I never made that died because they knew too much. Meaning, you, hey, I gotta, I gotta take us off course here. Did you? Did, are you a familiar? So, aren't you know what an Arnold? No, Palmer I don't believe is? in vampires. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going off course. Off course. <laughs> uh, you know what an Arnold Palmer is? Yeah. Oh, I know uh, where you're going with this. Yeah. 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 There is a, a version of that that has alcohol called a John Daly. And, and you know that was like made, that was a joke that bars made like tongue in cheek and well John Daly is taking advantage of that you can go now to the liquor store and buy a John Daly yeah, yeah I mean John Daly has never seen a dollar he didn't like right like he's always willing to show <laughs> or for a something. drink he didn't like absolutely yeah, it works yes. out well indeed it makes me realize that I could also be a professional athlete <laughs> I have the, the the physique for it inspirational tale <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking about these two. They knew too much. Captain Edward Ruppelt of Project Blueprint. The Maury Island incident was the dirtiest hoax in UFO history. It cost the life of two airmen. That is a horrible thing. Kind of like John said. But years later, Crispin's name would reemerge in another contentious context. So back in December of 1968, while investigating what he believed to be a high-level conspiracy to murder 
President John F. Kennedy like that would happen. New Orleans <laughs> District Attorney Jim Garrison called Crispin to testify before a grand jury. Some early assassination conspiracy theorists would identify Crispin as one of the three mystery hobos arrested and photographed shortly after the shooting in Dallas. There was these three characters that uh, they brought. They were photographing and talking to everyone on the plaza then. But these guys were like mystery men, so, and they thought he was. And one if of them. one of them was Chrisman, wow, that'd be a really weird tie-in. It's also worth noting. Uh, this comes from author Ken Thomas that Jim Garrison, who we've talked, we talked about on our JFK episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the he is. If you watch the movie JFK by Oliver Stone, uh, he's played by um, he's the main character. He's played by Kevin Costner. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's who Jim Garrison is. Uh, he was a field agent in Washington State at the time of the Mo- of the Maury incident. Yeah, so he and he's the guy who called him to testify. Crazy, right? Right, right. right. Then. In 1979, the House Select Committee on Assassinations, that one is one that we've referenced many times, yep. reported that forensic anthropologists had analyzed and compared the photographs of the hobos and those of Chrisman, as well as the photograph of Watergate figures E. Edward Hunt, Frank Sturgis, and two other men. And according to many, only Chrisman resembled any of the hobos. But the same committee determined that it was not him. He wasn't in Dealey he was. Plaza, he wasn't at Dealey Plaza, allegedly. Yeah, he looks like it, but no. Yeah. So before his death, Chrisman was peddling a new, improved, UFOless version of the Maury Island story. So remember, uh-huh. early, uh, yeah, remember earlier we talked about those photos. Well, he was now claiming that the truth, quote unquote, uh, was that those those flying donuts that were dropping slag. Those weren't UFOs at all, but something more dangerous. Werewolf women of the SS. Illegal dumping by military aircraft of radioactive waste into the harbor. Oh. Which is way believable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More plausible. When was this, by the way? So he did he pass recently in the last like 20 years or so? Or So he died in 75. So okay. leading up to that, so early 70s, let's call it. He's, Even he, before he was cleared from the committee, he was dead. Right. You know what I mean? Um but he was saying that, uh, that 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 it wasn't UFOs, that it was uh, – and, and that's what we were talking about before with the pictures, that it was radiation right. yeah. uh, that damaged those pictures, and it was the U.S. government dumping that radiation into Puget Sound. The reason I bring it up is because now it sounds like – so he's he's looking to get attention any way that he can, and this story – He's like, well, how do I, how do I, you say he's peddling again. How do I get attention for this story again? Well, uh, the environmental movement, we're in Washington, which is a, one of the, yeah, right? All that whole time in this. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. something that would get someone's attention. Nope. It was actually radioactive material. Oh, that, that'll bring attention to me because people are thinking this is some kind of, you know, nefarious pollution, uh, dealio. So I don't know. Like it, it again leads me to believe that this guy is just a grifter. What if, I mean, I think we all agree with that. Yeah. But what if? Everything Chrisman said was true. He fought weird robot type creatures uh, underground during World War II with ray guns. Mm-hmm. He was there at Maury Island when aliens attacked. He was in Dallas when JFK was shot. This guy led the most interesting life in the history of lives. He's like Forrest Gump. All I want to do is stand on the shore where my guys go out on their boat and <laughs> get me logs. But they keep dragging me back in. <laughs> you know? I don't know. So there, there's there, there's problems with this. Though. With let's, the whole story, there are problems. Yeah. So the first, it, 
this isn't a problem with the story so much. It's a problem with the the media attention it's garnered. Everyone keeps saying it was before Roswell. No, June 21st was this one. Roswell was June 14th. So, so both there. both incidents weren't reported until days later. But if you're taking the date that the people say they happened, this happened on June 21st. He was visited by the men in black on June 22nd. We, we know what happened in Roswell. We know that the the farmer found the stuff and didn't tell anyone that mattered for a number of weeks. But if you date back to when he supposedly found the stuff, that's June 14th. This did not happen before Roswell. Now let's talk about uh, Fred Lee Crispin, which you got to throw the Lee in there. Let's get back to old Freddy. When you throw the Lee in, he sounds sounds more evil. Fred Lee Crispin. (laughs) That's that's because all serial killers, they name three names with for some reason. Yeah. John Billy Goforth. (laughs) Uh -uh. No, John Billy. We got some issues with Freddy. He was not a stranger, as we talked about, to the world of weird. Mid-40s, his name appeared in the letter section of the Pulp Amazing Stories, adding to editor Ray Palmer's ongoing series. Yeah, this is what we were talking yeah. about before. It wasn't Fate Magazine yet. This yeah. was Amazing Stories. The Shaver Mystery began as a series of letters to the editor from Richard Shaver about his knowledge of the remnants of an underground civilization. Shaver developed a vocabulary unique to his stories including the term Darrow for devolved robot or degenerate robot. I, I know a degenerate robot. <laughs> so, uh, Which caught on as a buzzword for a time in American pop culture. I mean, who doesn't Darrow? You're, you're so Darrow. You know, and uh, unrelated to this, in Australia, Darrow, a uh, negative term, a uh, a derogatory term. In what way can you... Can you... Use it in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> you're such a Darrow. Well, that's okay. That we, we can definitely slander rednecks for so they're sure. like a redneck it says online i had to look it up real quick yeah that's okay that's okay so anyway he were uh, these guys darrow's out there logging we're saying that darrow does, did not mean that but instead did mean yeah, devolved yeah. robot and he invited readers to send in their own information memories and stories about the world of darrow's right chrisman's letter in june of 1946 so about a year before maury island he sent it in, and it was published in the issue yeah, of America. Uh, he fought of, him in the ground with ray guns. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. To, to be specific, he had an experience where he and a fellow soldier uh, were in a cave in Burma. You ain't taking weapons. You ain't helping nobody. <laughs> Burma's a war zone. ray guns. Yep, thank you, C-Bot. That's, it's, it's over. It's over. Uh, all right. Ready first blood! Anyway, the point is that Chrisman magically pops up in a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. Chrisman is the one who contacted Palmer, who edited Amazing Stories, and who wound up being part of Fate Magazine yeah. about the whole Maury Island thing. But there was one person that believed everything Chrisman had to say, and that was Harold Dahl. He actually thought that the 1960s TV series The Invaders was based on Chrisman's life. Little do you know, uh, two things about that. One, maybe it was. Two, Dahl saw his dog killed by an alien spacecraft. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with him. War changes a man. I don't know. Oh, boy. What do you th- What do you think? What do you think, John? Obviously, I'm not a huge believer in this thing at face value. The one thing I will say is how how interesting is it that all this kind of weird shit happened? Yeah. I, I guess I would lend it a lot less credence if those uh, unfortunate officers hadn't died in the in the wreck. Because that, that just smells like cover-up, right? Yeah, those and the manifesto showing that they're traveling with top-secret material. Oh, the man- <laughs> manifesto. They- <laughs> the manifest. 
Um, Here's what we think about the future of the American. Which I guess manifest is short for manifesto, right? I don't know. Is it? I know, I'm making that up. I, don't know, I, I think I don't, you're making that up. I don't think so. Yeah. No. Whenever I write down my contents, it's for it's part of my manifesto. So, <laughs> it, it reads my my three diet Mountain like, Dew. Yeah, my grocery list reads like a manifesto. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I, I you listen at the end of the day, there's some really weird coincidences in this story. So I don't want to abjectly dismiss it, but I sir, I do not believe that this was aliens. I think if there if they really were out there that day and anything weird happened. I, I I think it was a lot closer to home, but I, I there's also a really good chance they weren't even out there that day, yeah. and they basically there's a really good chance that Dahl was just kind of a sycophant for Chrisman. He read, you know, he 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 liked him. He 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 liked all the stories he came up with. They got together, cooked this up, killed the dog, and moved on. I mean, who hasn't had that weekend? Oh, you know, <laughs> have a lot of sometimes weekends. you have to kill dogs in order to come up with a cool story. It's totally. Normal stuff. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Mark, your thoughts? I think you've got a couple guys who cooked up a, a little story and it caught fire and it got uh, a little bit away from them, but they were enjoying the attention. I am curious about the uh, plane crash element and the, uh, people saying that there was a, a cannon or some kind of 20 millimeter gun that shot it down wondering if that was investigated any further if there's any more information on well, that you know they were flying right over los angeles yeah at that time <laughs> right <laughs> battle of la happened so uh but i don't know this guy just seems like he's into he wants to be a part of these stories he wants to be around them he's writing uh fanfic about robots and this kind of thing um, you know, God love him. That obviously it's uh it's a it's an exciting topic, but I think he just got in a little over his head. You know what I didn't look up? Where was the B twenty five headed? If you say Wright Patterson, I'm gonna shoot a purple Twinkie. <laughs> South. Yeah, if they that's another thing. If they know that the manifest they investigated the manifest and it said top secret cargo, mm-hmm. who got their hands on the manifest for well, that? Well they probably point? when they loaded at the the you know the army base or whatever they were at at the time. They had okay, to... but who re- who who was able to was well, that a FOIA? Thing, I can or? actually I can actually answer okay. that. Yeah, uh, fifty years after it was classified, the entire case file on this was declassified. Okay, here's my look at it. I agree with you guys. The thing about is very crazy that the plane went down, but the fact that they were there and and putting top secret on it, I don't look at that as as big of a thing as a smoking gun. Because no. here's why. This is a time when we were taking, we as in the U.S. government, those things pretty seriously and hush-hushing, but also looking into these things. Project Blue Book, things like that were, were, were getting ready to ramp up and happen and things like that. And we didn't really know, per se, what was maybe UFO, was it Russian, was it something else? And so it doesn't surprise me that if they came forward and said something like that, they might even said, I think it's aluminum, but we're going to take this just in case. Right. You know, they did say it was big. You know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know, bigger than a Walmart. <laughs> but but shaped like a donut. Wait, but it, is that an official unit of measure on uh, Hysteria 51? It is. We've yeah. discussed this before. And bigger or smaller than a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like back in the day, they used to say bigger than a bread box. Right, right. Um, on this show, it's bigger than a Walmart. Okay. This thing was so huge. <laughs> that was uh, Travis Walton, by the way, that uh, yeah, Fire in the Sky guy. Yeah. Sure. That's that's who uh, that's who said that. Awesome. So it's just a really interesting. I, I'm kind of with you. This guy, you know, there's too many holes in his past to, for me to take him at face value. Um, but yeah, like you said, this plane crash and stuff is the the big smoking gun. We talked about that before. You made this point about how every time there's one of these witnesses, these these eyewitnesses, you're like, oh, that but the person sound. Oh, I know. On the, our alien implant show, uh, we were talking about patient seventeen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
By the way, the director of which will be on this program in yeah. about a month. Nice. Jeremy Corbell. Yeah. Um, Tiny it, bubble <laughs> in the wine. Sorry. Yeah, Abe doing it again. Uh, you okay over You there? should ask him that repeatedly. Yeah. When yes. shows up. Hey. So you got you give me some of that you, Corbell money? Give me what, that man? Corbell money? Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. So, just be honest. Uh, he said on patient 17, at first they're just like, this is a normal guy, right? This is just an average Joe. And then and you come, the, the, they come to find away. out that, uh, oh yeah, he was really into UFOs his entire life. Yeah, but and, you know and the point you you had made was that every time in these stories, it's always some guy like this Chrisman right. dude. Oh yeah, he wrote fan fiction. Oh yeah, he was really into UFOs. Oh yeah, three different incidents occurred with him it's like it's almost too con- it's too convenient exactly. like you, yeah. you want the normal guy that's never been into this shit you yeah. want something like that to happen to them and obviously that's what someone would say who wants to be a skeptic of it i mean what's the first thing you do if, you, if you're an attorney and you get someone that you want to uh, impugn their character you want to talk about times in the past when they have lied or told half truths or whatever else right. so you know obviously that that thread would be more easy to be be believed by somebody who's a skeptic, but true. it's just too. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, that's why on. I I always believe things like this. Let me rephrase that. You always believe when things, things like, this. like this happen. I believe that people, and a lot of them could be completely, you know, explained away. But people never even try to because they just go, nope, not coming forward, not going to say a word. Right. You know? You see a meteor and you don't know it's a meteor, but it's a light in the sky. You go, no, I ain't telling no one. No one's going to believe it. It's almost as if you've been doing too much science. Too much science. Is that possible? So, gang, tell us what you think. Do you believe Christman? Do you believe Dahl? Do you believe that the man in black really came to them? Was this the first man in black experience? Because this kind of tipped it off and started it here. How can they tell us, John? I would get on Facebook and I would search Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook discussion group. Hop on there. Let us know what you think. And most certainly, let us know that you're not a bothead. Bothead. You know what? I think we're going to have to have a new T-shirt. I think uh, that's a good one. No. Great one. (laughs) You can also hop on Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. Find our regular page there at Hysteria51pod on Twitter. Look for us on Snapchat. Send us some funny craziness. Find us on Instagram. We're always posting fun photos on there. And I still don't understand Snapchat. One of your buddies, he works for Snapchat. That's true. Our, our good friend, Matt Owens. Moens. Moens. And don't forget, patreon.com slash hysteria51. You can find extra episodes up all nights. You can get yourself a t-shirt. You can host a show. You can pretend you're Mark Freshhour and pick the topic. Come on. do on it. He didn't pick this topic. We just told him what he was doing. But you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So totally not like me at all, but exactly. they get it. Also, voicemail. <laughs> Almost nothing like. 773-669-7277. That's 773-669-7277. Call us and pour your heart and soul out to us. Brent, I've noticed one thing about our voicemails. What's that? They always get drunk before they call us. They're always like, uh, uh, mm, is it, oh, hey, hi, or hi, um, uh, bitches. <laughs> that was what? my favorite ones which is like oh hi um bitches we got a bunch let's let's play some of these tonight john let's do it hey guys you guys are fucking awesome uh, anyway um just got all my swag from signing up with patreon uh you guys are awesome man i love this stuff i'm gonna pimp it out uh, i'm gonna tell everybody what's up um what's that anyway uh man play this email all you guys need to go to Patreon because you guys are awesome. What you offer up is awesome. A dollar? Come on. 
Who ain't got a fucking dollar? This guy's all right. Sorry about my right. language. Uh, anyway, this is Dwayne, yep. uh, a.k.a. Snatch, Snatch Twat on Twitter. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you guys, they're just over the top, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I don't want to call you the next best, best thing to blurry photos, but you guys are the next best thing to blurry photos. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, David Flora. you guys are awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome. Everybody check it out. I'm pimping you out on Twitter. Can't say enough about you guys, man. Um, keep the good shows coming, dude. Uh, oh, and P.S. Um, check that private tweet. Oh. Anyway. Ooh. Love you guys. Pimping you out. Ooh. Bye-bye. This guy slide into your... D- Steve Hart! You rock! <laughs> What'd you say, Mark? Did this guy slide into your DMs? <laughs> he might have. I didn't. Right. I'm really bad about noticing those for some reason. I don't. Uh, I need to get in there. And you could. It could be a love request. That was Patreon pimping. He was pimping our Patreon. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> AKA that, snatch that, yeah, snatch that's, twat. I, I think that was the key word there. Awesome, right? That's right. Now, uh, moving on. Here we go. Hey, fellas. Fuck off, T-Bot. <laughs> Mark Yvonne here. Today is October 19th. That makes it my 26th wedding anniversary to my dear bride, Jamie. The fact that she stayed with me so long is worthy of an episode itself. (laughs) I know this won't make it today to air, but just thought I'd be nice to put it out there for all to hear. Yeah. Love the show. Keep it up, guys. And let me count to three. One, two, three. There it goes. Happy anniversary, Mrs. Avant. You yeah, answer your name, right? 20 years to 26 more, and, and then keep going. So that is awesome. Uh, Lisa and I, we just celebrated five. What are you at now? Um, Three and change. Yeah. Almost four. Yeah. Almost. And Mark, you're you're still a uh, asexual, right? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It's paying off in spades. I love you, honey. Yep. One more, John. Let's do one more. Yeah. What it is, man. Yeah, looking for somebody from New York. What's good, though? Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, T-Bot, I fucked with you, man. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, right now, yeah, I need to do an episode on George, the legend, Sucralos. Yeah. Oh. That's <laughs> Even actually not a bad idea. Minutes, yeah, 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 you guys have to, right? Keep doing your thing, man. All right. <laughs> I, I, hey, I asked and he gave. We got That's awesome. From, uh, it's, it's actually not a bad idea. We talk you know what about his background is uh, bodybuilding, uh, promotion. Yeah, promotions. And then he was uh, after he was into after bodybuilding promotions. It's so funny how he identifies himself still to this day as the editor of Legendary Magazine. Is Which that what it's called? Hasn't been around in, forever and it, was only around for um, a very short amount of time. It's like, dude, you're the ancient aliens guy. Legendary Deal with Times, it. right? Yeah, yeah. You know who we're talking about? I absolutely no clue, but he sounds great. Yeah, Giorgio Sucolos, the guy with the crazy hair. Aliens, that guy. Sure. You know? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, he's kind of responsible, I would say, for the alien fervor that's been in America for the last few years because of ancient aliens. It really brought out a lot now. And quite frankly, that meme. I mean, that's how I know oh, about yeah. him. And I think there's oh, a yeah. lot of people. I just did the hands. Yeah. <laughs> I know you all saw that. Oh, but yeah, the hand <laughs> thing was aliens. Yeah. So that's awesome. John, you know what we're going to do, too? We, we played some voicemails. Let's hear some five-star reviews. Ah, I love the idea. Nah, pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Let's do some five-star, and then maybe I'll give you a, a not-so-nice review. Yeah, let's do, let's do all those. All right. First up, we have Jolly Codger, five stars. <laughs> uh, the name of the review is Make It Stop. 
I dirtied up my beautiful Windows machine with iTunes and gave you five stars. Now make the robot stop sending power tools, drums of mayonnaise, and sex dolls to my house. Yeah. Love you guys. First podcast I ever went back and listened to every episode of. Number one, that's awesome. Number two, it sounds like you got power tools, drums of mayonnaise. Yeah, I would kill score. for a drum of mayonnaise. It's score. amazing. Like wrestle, re- like that's just a party in a canister. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> Next up from tattoo one two one two seven four. Man, there's a lot of tattoos in front of you, buddy. <laughs> uh, titled "Excellent Podcast!" Exclamation point! Exclamation point! It's five stars. Uh, the hosts are very funny, but also very informative. I wish I could give it more than five stars. Oh. We wish you could too. Yeah, thank that's you. A, that's a universal truth um, right there. Here's. <laughs> Uh, from Big Nards 101. <laughs> Nards. Awesome. Uh, oh, oh, he just, he, he's a general manager for Menards. You know? <laughs> uh, stay Woke Meat Sacks, five stars. Stay Woke Meat Sacks. So he's a man of re- repetition. I like it. Hit me with a bad one, John. Oh, or- wait, wait. One, well, let me give you oh. one more. Oh. One, one more. From EFARS, E-F-A-R-Z, titled, This is from an older episode, dot, 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 or ellipses ellipses want to church it up five stars but i'm starting from the beginning so brent is an ugly pigeon yeah we forgot about that anyway absolutely love this show been listening for a few weeks and it gets and it just gets better and better pretty sure i've alienated some of my friends with how much i talk about it they just can't (laughs) handle the truth (laughs) (laughs) weren't we doing something if they said brent is an ugly pigeon yeah i think we were sending them stickers uh, stickers yeah Yeah, say hey reach out to me send me a Send us a direct message through our Facebook page, and uh, we'll get you that sticker. And that that's actually a really good point to make to all the listeners. If you address us in a review, we don't know who you are, so yeah. we cannot respond. Like, I th- I saw one from... So leave your social security number, your name, and address <laughs> yes, in please. that review. Um, I saw one from somebody, uh, one of our reviews said, I still haven't gotten my free t-shirt. Like, they went back and changed yeah. it. Well, if we owed you a t-shirt, we'd be more than happy to send mm-hmm. it, but we don't know who you are, and yeah. we don't know how to reach out to you. And we're happy to do it, because every time you're wearing that, that's that's a billboard for us. So we'll <laughs> you're definitely get yeah. 50 inbox messages. Uh, all right. I'm ready. Here is ready. one Willing that is, here's one that is one is star. Is it called It's Wolf Not Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> it is not. One star from Jonesy8888. Uh, well, Jonesy's too. This is actually this is from much earlier in the year, but uh, but I, I just came across it. I mean, it takes a long time. Uh, title: Juvenile and Boring. Ooh. I'll mm. I'll take that first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll adopt it's that. Kind of the point, Jonesy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two guys spending all their time chit chatting about nothing at all. Now that's not true. We're talking about shit. Yeah. It, it might seem it might frivolous. be stuff you don't like, but it's the topic at hand. It's like an overheard private conversation between strangers. Wow. That, uh, isn't that what a podcast is Well, but the to thing be? is, I mean, this asshole I've known for 30 years, I don't know that we sound like strangers. One of my favorite uh, things that, they, they, well, they're strange. Yeah, I think he, he's the stranger. Oh, yes. 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 Well, I, there's a meme going around, and it's like these these people sitting. It's a picture on a, like a ban- uh, banner, and it's people sitting around laughing, and then there's an actual person sitting laughing with them. And it's like <laughs> what it feels like listening to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're not really interested in the subjects, and most podcasts deal with these matters much better. The only part I can agree with is probably the last part. Yeah, I'm sure that most subjects, these topics are covered way better than we do. Jonesy's listening. I've made a living off these topics because I love them so much. Uh, so, Jonesy, I'm jonesing for an update. 
<laughs> let, let me know. Let me know. I'm a uh, long-time listener, first-time reviewer. Yeah, you know, it only right. takes one. But, hey, listen, we still appreciate the fact that you took time to do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. It just if, next if time, I ruin next your time, do it so much that you need to let me know, let me know. Yeah, that's true. Next time, just do it with five stars. That's all we yeah. ask. It helps with discovery. We want people to discover this dumpster fire. We also want them to discover our returning guest, Mark Freshauer. Holy shit, thanks for coming back on. I loved it. <laughs> um, one more thing, kids, before we go, we want to give a special thanks to our sources for today's episode. WeirdUS.com, Ripley's.com, Wikipedia, KNKX Public Radio, and, of course, our good friends at How Stuff Works. And so the next Blurry Photos, fuck David Flora. I want to make sure that that got out. I don't know if we do not like Blurry Photos or David Flora, <laughs> uh, the host. So I just want, if that was, uh, I fear that when I said that, in the 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 voicemail, it was blurred. I just want to let you all know that we do not like them, and fuck him, David. I love you, and don't listen to him. <laughs> Somehow, someone's going to take that seriously and be like, "You fucking <laughs> 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 keyboard warriors coming yeah. after you." Yeah. All right. So, Mark, thanks again. Thanks a ton, and hopefully, it's not two years between this time. We'll, we'll shoot for three. I think. That's a good point. <laughs> so with that said, I've been Brent. I'm Mark. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. <laughs> oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.